welcome back to the fourth episode of Artist Avenue. Today I will be talking with Hope McMillan. Hope is a professional dancer from Scotland. Since graduating from college, Hope's artistic journey took her around the world. She has been fortunate enough to work in countries such as Spain and Dubai. Alongside her performing, she runs her successful YouTube channel, The Hope Diaries, where she takes you through honest and fun journeys of her life. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode. And remember, an original is worth more than a copy. My name is Hope. I am 24 years old and I am from Bonnie, Scotland in the UK. I'm a professional dancer. Well, professional dancer, singer, actress, but I would say my speciality is definitely in dance. Um, and I've recently just returned back to the UK from Dubai. I had a contract out in Dubai and unfortunately due to the current situation I have had to come home. So yes, that's where I'm at at the minute. Did you always, like, did you start off with dancing when you were little and everything and then how did you decide that this is exactly what you wanted to do professionally? Well, I come, my I come from a very performing arts background. My mum was a dancer, my sister is a dancer in Spain, and my brother is an actor in London. So I was just always kind of surrounded by it. Um, and I will admit, it was never really a discussion, you know, for me to go to university or for me to do anything different. Mm -hmm. I trained every night of the week as a young child, and some would say I have a dance mum. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, I don't, obviously I don't regret that. I loved every single second of my childhood and performing is something I've always wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty, a pretty, um, we won't say tough, but growing up, it was just constantly dance, 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 train, train, train. So I've just always been surrounded by it. And when I got to about 15, there was no kind of discussion about whether I wanted to go to university or whether I wanted to do something different. It was just a case of, let's get your application forms done for your dance college. So yeah, that's how it all kind of started. And did you know about with dance college, did you know that you had to leave home or did you also consider doing anything in Scotland? Um, so I knew I definitely wanted to go to England. Um, I think mm -hmm. at the time, things times are changing now. Things are a lot different. But at the time, London and Pineapple Studios and all the kind of bigger dance schools around that area was the place to be mm -hmm. and my big sister actually went to the same dance college as us Christiana we both oh, really? trained at bodywork yep in Cambridge and my sister um she also trained there uh, about five years before I did she graduated um, she's seven years older than me so she trained at bodyworks also um so I when I was about 15, I started auditioning and I auditioned mm -hmm. only for three schools actually. And I got, I got accepted to all of them, but bodywork was my choice. It was just a nice, small, quiet family run school. And I just wanted that kind of individual attention that I thought I might have not got a bigger dance school. No judging, just loving. I just, I don't know how yeah. the other schools run, but I, I knew from my sister's experience that bodywork was a smaller school and um, I made the right decision absolutely because I loved every single second at Bodywork. And at Bodywork you, deci you decided to take the MT course after because we branch out don't we in second year. Was there yeah. a specific reason why you decided to take on that route? Um, I, actually, I actually chose the dance course mm -hmm. in the beginning and um, 
I remember at the time I wasn't 100% sure of my decision. I remember, but I, I chose the dance course and um, I'm unsure why really, because I, I do lack a lot of confidence in my singing. I can sing. I do have mm -hmm. a nice voice. I just absolutely have no faith or confidence in myself. Um, so I just kind of got scared by the singing part. And um, I got called aside by an acting teacher because I am quite a strong actress um, yeah. naturally. You know, I'm quite, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know me very well, Christiana. I'm, I'm very bubbly and I'm very, I try and make a joke out of everything. Um, so I'm quite a natural character. And my, our acting teacher sat us down and said, Look, I don't know why you've chosen the dance course. We want to see you, you know, thrive in your acting skills. And if you can't sing, you just act through it. And that was also another great decision. And I'm glad I changed my mind. How did it start out for you, like in the professional world after training? I actually stayed in Cambridge for another mm -hmm. year. Um, I obviously we all kind of branch out some people go home home some people go to London and I decided to stay in Cambridge Cambridge is about 45 minutes 50 minutes on the train from London it's it's not too far I knew I would be able to get into additions um, yeah. quite easily on the train um, so I decided to stay in Cambridge I stayed in Cambridge for a year and I had a normal job I had a muggle job as we call it and I, do you know what? I absolutely loved my job. I worked in a nightclub in the office and I loved all the administration and all that kind of stuff while I was auditioning. And that's one thing I think is really important that you enjoy your muggle job, mm -hmm. you know, because as performers, we're out of work quite a lot of the time or there's large breaks in between contracts. Um, so it's really important that you enjoy your kind of muggle job yeah. um, because otherwise you just get miserable and you lose motivation. Um, so I did that for a year. And actually, the funny thing happened was I was living in Cambridge with my boyfriend at the time and we split up and I did the usual, phoned my sister, crying my eyes out, split up with a boyfriend, what should I do? And at the time, my sister lived in Spain and she said, leave everything, just come, let's, we'll just book a one-way flight, come to Spain. I have my niece and my nephew there, spend some family time, just enjoy the sunshine don't worry about anything. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about paying your bills. Just come here. So I did that. Um, I just kind of left Cambridge behind. I went straight to Spain just to see my sister, just to chill out. You know, I was very emotionally stressed at the time. And I went to a dance class. My sister, obviously my sister's a dancer as well. And um, the dance class was run by my best friend, my now best friend, Rafa who is a, a dancer also, and he's a, an acrobat and a pole dancer. So I went to Rafa's class with my sister, and it just so happened that the choreographer of a massive theme park in Spain was there. And she, yeah, she, she obviously I didn't speak Spanish at the time, but she was asking Rafa who I was. And she said I had dancer legs. <laughs> and <laughs> she asked me to come in and I went to the theme park and did a little kind of small addition, just some kicks and pirouettes and stuff like that. And that's how I landed my first ever dance contract. It just so happened that I was going to a hip hop dance class at the same time as, as a massive choreographer in Spain. So that's incredible. That's how that all planned out. And in Spain, you didn't speak any Spanish, but you got this Spanish job all of a sudden. Was everything, did they speak English or was it all in Spanish? And, or did you communicate through the language of dance how did all that happen well well my first year at that theme park my first season 
was a whirlwind. I honestly don't even remember much of it because everyone there was Spanish. Mm-hmm. There was not one single English speaker except from Rafa, the boy who t- took the dance class. Um, but Rafa, obviously, at that time and those shows was classed as an acrobat. So he would train in a different area of the park than the female dancers would. So I wasn't with Rafa all day. I had no one to translate for me. And that's how I really learned the language. Um, I do. I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Spanish at all, but I would say I speak a very intermediate level now. I can communicate, you know, I can, I can, um, I can speak to, to a lot of different people in Spanish. But um, yeah, it was a case of, like these girls in my, my group, they did not know English, not one of them. Oh, there was one girl that knew quite a bit, actually. But again, we were all kind of separated and it was really busy. And, you know, it was a new contract and everyone everyone was kind of new. A couple of people had worked there before, a couple of people hadn't. So um, it was just a bit crazy. And we just had to use words or like use our hands to, to kind of communicate. Um, and I just honestly, I couldn't wait until lunchtime until I was reunited <sighs> with Rafa so that he could translate for me again. Uh, but yeah, that's how I picked up the language so quickly. And I just first off started learning dance things. So up and down, left, right, five, six, seven, eight. So I learned all the kind of dancer words in Spanish first. And then and then eventually it just, I just kind of started soaking everything in and I learned the language a bit quicker. How was it actually working in theme parks as well? Was that what you like expected? Um, to be honest, I wasn't expecting anything because it was my first dance contract. But now um, I can tell you that theme park work is intense, but it is so thrilling and it's so exciting because things are constantly changing. So I completed two different contracts in the in the theme park at Spain, in Spain. And now, um, well, now I've just returned back from Dubai where I was working at Motion Gate Dubai. Mm-hmm. which is a Hollywood themed park. So we have DreamWorks there, we have Columbia Pictures, we have Lionsgate. So we work with all the films, Shrek, Madagascar, How to Train Your Dragon. It's really, really fun and it's a great park. Now the thing about theme parks is, you, you know this as well, it's a, a dancer's job, is, tends to be a show at night time or a little rehearsal in the morning and a couple of shows at night. Or if you work in maybe a, a, a resort, a hotel resort, you do activities with the kids in the morning or a Zumba class, and then you do your shows at night. Cruise ships are the same. You have a couple of duties, a couple of activities, and then your show at night. A theme park is a full shift. You are there all day. I have been at work for up to 14 hours. Wow. I've done up to 11 shows a day. It's intense and it's hard. I personally, I personally love it. It's a very personal thing to me because I'm a workaholic. I'll be mm-hmm. there all day. I don't care. Obviously, the shows are a lot shorter in theme park. It's not as if we're doing an hour show. You know, they're 20 minutes. Some are on the street. Some are on the stage. Some are, you're constantly moving around the park and changing costumes. Sometimes you have to change your makeup. You're constantly working with different people around the park. You know, it's, um, theme park work is very different to any other kind of typical dance job. You also have a lot of connection with the audience if you're doing things like meet and greets. Um, you know, I don't often do that. I don't play a lot of characters. I tend to just be a dancer there. But if I ever meet some of the, the kids, you know, after my show, they, it's just so nice. And you get to stay in character and you keep your accent because they recognize you from the stage. And there's been a lot of young girls who, who come and ask me, you know, how they get into dancing and things like that. It's really fun and really exciting. 
Um, yeah, theme park work is definitely for me because I'm a busybody. It might not be for everyone, but um, it's it's a it's a very busy job. You're there all day. <laughs> there must be something rewarding with it, especially when the little kids and stuff come up to you and ask you all these things. That's so cute. Yeah, they're really cute and. I'm in. I'm currently in a show called Step Up Dubai All In. That comes from the the Step Up movie. So I do like the the replica show of that. Uh -huh. So obviously it's a hip hop show. There's acrobats. There's b boys. There's singers live singing. And when you do a meet and greet afterwards, and the little boys come up and they they want to show you their backflips and their cartwheels, and some some of them sing you a song. It's really cute because you've obviously inspired these people, and they just want to show off, and it's it's great fun. It really is. And how did you transition from Spain to Dubai? Um, so I was quite lucky. My boss of my theme park in Spain knew the boss of the theme park in Dubai. They're both Spanish. I think they were looking for a couple of dancers to urgently join the crew. I think, I don't know, someone had left or I'm, I'm not sure. They were, they were two dancers short. Um, so me and my friend David, we were flown over to Dubai just through contacts, which I will be forever grateful for because I know, you know, sometimes we have to cure in pineapple and we have to in addition, in addition, in addition. But I was very lucky so far that all my kind of jobs have been through contacts and just meeting the right people. So mm -hmm. yeah, my boss in Spain phoned me. We had finished the contract in Spain because we only do a summer season there. So it was the winter time and he phoned me and said, um, hey, I've got a friend in Dubai who runs a park out there um, and he would like to speak to you. So eventually I got in contact with them and everything kind of came around so quickly. Um, I felt like I was chatting to them for months. Obviously, I'm flying to Dubai. That's a completely different part of the world. There's lots of visas. There's lots of things like that to sort out. So the actual process took a long time. I was chatting and emailing back and forth for about a month and a half. And then one Wednesday at 8.30 p.m., they called me and said, here's your flight ticket. And I was flying on the Friday morning. So it was like a really quick 48-hour turnaround. Um, and yeah, and I got to Dubai and that was just another, that was just another adventure. It really was. Because I've lived in Dubai as well. And... <clears throat> Yeah, I lived there for six years. See, Dubai, it brings us all together eventually. It does. <laughs> it is such a multicultural place, though. It's lovely. Absolutely. It's, it's a really, really great place, Dubai. Mm. But how, is it, how was it for you to obviously move to the UAE? And have you ever been there before? Or were you nervous? Because I know a lot of people get a bit nervous about going to um, other cultures a lot of the times, especially when it's a completely different culture that they don't know about and everything. So how did you cope with that, especially coming into going to Dubai, but going to Dubai via the arts world? Well, yes, that's a, that's a funny topic, actually. Um, mm. You know what? I always dreamed of going to Dubai as a little girl, and I don't know why. Oh. Um, my, my sister did a contract um, years ago in Dubai. It was just like a month. It was like a Christmas show kind of thing in one of the big malls in Dubai. And... Um, so that's when I first heard of Dubai and I don't know why since then I was like when I when I was a child I said I'm going to go to Dubai one day and I don't know why because I didn't know anything about Dubai I didn't know what kind of work you could do there the culture I didn't know anything honestly um, but I always said it and even when I grew up through my teenage years when I trained I said I want to go to Dubai one day and um, 
it's a lot different than what you expect, but not in a bad way, nor a good way. Yeah. I think a lot of people get scared about Dubai that, you know, that it's very strict, which it is, um, but um, it's a, not, it's definitely not dangerous at all. It's like the safest mm-hmm. place in the world, but you have to have precaution and be careful what you say to people and stuff like that, which is very true. You do, but it's a beautiful place and it's full of a lot of different people from all around the world. Um, of course, the culture change is a massive shock. I got there the day before Ramadan 2019 started and straight away I couldn't drink water on the street. I couldn't have chewing gum. I couldn't hug my new colleagues in a public place. I have to have my shoulders covered. I have to have my knees covered. Um, so I would say my kind of welcoming into Dubai was a bit intense because I, I arrived in Ramadan. But um Dubai is a beautiful place and it's really it's really not as terrible as people you know people think that you can Mm. if you go on holiday you can't enjoy a drink and you can't this and you can't that it isn't like that there's places for specific people and there's places you know that you can enjoy and be a tourist and see Dubai is absolutely beautiful and there's so much to see there and you can really enjoy it and you know enjoy your holidays if you're visiting there as um as a kind of resident living there, I never came across any kind of issues. There was one time where I maybe had a strappy t-shirt on and I got a couple of stairs, but there's it's really it's a very open place and the people there are lovely. You'll you'll never meet a rude person there. Um everyone is so welcoming and they're happy to chat to you and you know you never ever feel like you've done something wrong. Of course everything is legal there. You can you can be arrested on the spot for many things, but that's that to me just you you just need to do your research and before you go to Dubai you just need to learn um how you know how these people work and how you can respect them Mm -hmm. it is a very accommodating place I never had any trouble either you know how you said like you had to cover up your shoulders and your knees and did that translate into the rehearsal room or because obviously as dancers we have a lot of shorts on a lot of crop tops like that's what we're used in college and in England and everywhere um Yeah, how did that translate into the rehearsal room? Um, yes, we were not allowed really to wear crop tops. Um, you know, some people did, and that was fine because our rehearsal rooms, of course, are just for us performers. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't, we don't have a large group of performers, so it tends to be the kind of females are together because we'll do the female numbers or if a group rehearsal, you know, um, there's only 10 of us in the step up show at a time, so we, we tend to be in smaller groups. So some some of the girls did wear their crop tops and their shorts and things but it's a case of as soon as you leave the studio you have to you have to put your t-shirt on before you even leave the studio you know mm-hmm. I personally never did because I didn't feel the need to you know it's not as if I'm too hot Dubai is completely air-conditioned <laughs> everywhere but um I just there was there's a couple of locals that work in our company and of course you just you just want to respect them you know, I don't know, it's different saying it than actually doing it. But when you're in Dubai and you're in the moment, you just, it doesn't feel right to walk around with a crop top on anyway. Um, but I would say there was a rule in place, but it wasn't too strict. Um, we could wear what we wanted, but it was just as soon as we left the rehearsal room, we had to cover up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And did you have an international cast in that rehearsal room? Yes, um, a lot of my cast, we've got some Filipinos, we've got some Indians, we have um, some British ladies, there's four British ladies in my cast, three from England and me from Scotland, my, my stage director, she's from America, 
I've met a couple of Australians who came and they left during my time there. Who else? Um, South African lovely lady there. There's so many people, so many people in the, in the um, entertainments group in particular. We have got a wide range and I love it because I love cultures. I love meeting new people. I love everything. I love seeing what they have for dinner. I love seeing what time they wake up because things are so different in different countries, you know, and they're so... I don't know, people, people just experience life in totally different ways. But one thing I will say is that in the performing arts world, nothing has changed. You know, stage etiquette, rehearsal etiquette, we all just, you know, there was no discussions, there was no, there was no arguments. We are all performers. We all know how we should behave in the rehearsal room and on the stage. You know, there's, there's, it just shows you that the performing arts world, we really are all trained the same and we all know how to behave. And it's, it's a great discipline to have, I think, because that kind of unites us as, as a group. We all, we all know that you don't talk in rehearsals and you know where your, where your markers are on the stage, stage right, stage left, things like that. It's, that's the nicest thing about the dance world or the performing arts world is that you can go anywhere and we all kind of know the score. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, like when you move so many times, wherever you go, I know that for myself as well. When, once you find your performing arts clan, let's say, you kind of feel included. You kind of feel like you know what's going on. It is quite yeah. beautiful what we can do. Yeah, for us especially. It's like if we get a new contract or a new job, um, you know how some people are quite nervous about starting a new job, a regular job in an mm-hmm. office, in a shop, and they're scared that you know, colleagues won't, you know, won't warm to them and things like that. We tend to never have that problem as performers. I have never had a contract or a job where I turn up and people aren't nice or they don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. As performers, we just have that attitude where we just, we're really quite well, well, I mean, fingers crossed, I never meet anyone like that who doesn't make me feel good, but we just kind of all have that, the same attitude, whereas we're all in this together. We all share the state, we all share the same stage. So let's, you know, let's just enjoy it and have fun together. How did you cope actually with moving so many countries? Because you've moved like about four countries now, if you put them all together. How is it, especially in the professional world, quickly changing from country to country, from job to job? Did you find um, it challenging? And if so, did you have anything, did you have any tricks to accommodate to that now? Um, Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think we are kind of trained like as dancers and we're it's kind of drilled into us that we will travel the world mm-hmm. we will meet lots of different people you know we, we will come in you know some people you get on with and some people you don't get on with um my my only advice is just to never be scared um yeah. I got the job in Dubai and I was instantly petrified and I had to give myself a bit of a talk and say this is your job this is what you do uh, it's my job to travel the world and I should be so grateful for that um but no, I think, I think we're kind of all trained in a way to not be scared. And we're, we're quite good at letting things go. You know, if you get comfortable in one place, we have to move eventually because there's always new jobs and there's always, there's always new contracts. Um, so I just say, take it easy and, and accept any offer that comes, you know, well, maybe not every offer. <laughs> Depends what they're offering you, but just take an adventure, even if the pay is a little less than your last one, but you get to go to an incredible country, give it a try. You can always come home. That's the yeah. thing. You can always come home. 
And you also have your lovely YouTube channel, The Hope Diaries. Do you yes. want to tell us a bit about how you started that, why you've started it, and what it gives you as a performer? Well, I started my YouTube channel for a bit of fun. I love YouTube. I have watched it for years. And I don't just love like a specific type of video. I love makeup. I love people cleaning their kitchen. I love recipes. I love workouts. But then I love, I love the ones that are like mums and they have kids and they, they organize their packed lunch boxes. I love YouTube. I love everything about it. I watch any type of video, whether it's just for fun or whether it's to learn something or where it's giving me information or it, sometimes I just love the person, you know, the person that I'm watching. And um, I'm quite good at makeup. <laughs> I'm not a professional in any way. Um, I've, not, I've not really trained much in it um, at all, but I do love makeup. So initially I started the channel to kind of show my tips and tricks on makeup. And I think I did a couple of makeup videos and it just evolved into vlogs and me making people laugh and cooking in my kitchen and organizing my kitchen cupboards. Um, and <laughs> I've, I don't know why the change kind of happened, but I think it's because I enjoy watching real people on YouTube. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not one to say that people are fake at all, but I like it when they just bring the camera along with them they take you on their food shopping, but they, they bring you back home to their kids or they tell you what they're watching on TV. I just like normal life and normal people and just natural, happy people. That's what I like to watch. And um, I did a couple of vlogs and, and people were really starting to enjoy them. And obviously I do have quite an exciting life. Um, I, you know, I'm here, there and everywhere. Um, I did, I vlogged in Spain and then I vlogged in Dubai and in particular people love Dubai. I've done a couple of videos now talking about the culture and what you can and can't do there and I just like helping people and people send me so many messages saying I'm coming on holiday to Dubai next week. What can I wear? What can I bring? Um, I suffer very badly from eczema. I've had loads of messages about eczema and how to soothe your skin and what's good and what you should eat and what you shouldn't. So for me, it's just like my little platform where I can help people with normal stuff. You know, my life is hectic. I'm a dancer. I'm here, there and everywhere. I, if I'm not training, I'm in the splits. I'm trying to stretch. I'm trying to eat healthy. So I have the six pack for the costume, you know, and I just think it's nice to remember that we're normal as well. So mm -hmm. I upload these videos, you know, just sorting out my makeup bag and cleaning my makeup brushes and having a chat and people love it because it's just a normal thing. You know, as much as they like seeing what I do on the stage, it's nice to see what I do at home as well, I think. Um, and yeah, so it just kind of evolved from a makeup channel into me just bringing a camera around with me and having fun. And you really bring your um, character across in there, like very naturally. It's really, really nice to see. Thank you. <laughs> and I think it's also really beautiful because you managed to like bring the world together, especially in your interview with the world video. Yes, well. so, we were a part of. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was really lovely as well, just to see how it can unite people. It was actually a task I gave myself. Um, mm -hmm. It's very different. You know, you were part of it. You've seen it. It was a very different project for me because I, um, I normally just have a laugh and bring the camera and, you know, just mm -hmm. talk a load of rubbish to everyone. But this was a more serious one and it was a task that I gave myself to kind of complete in the kind of um, self-isolation period that we're in 
more fool me because this isolation has now gone on for way more weeks and I thought this little project and the kind of quarantine was only going to last a couple of weeks but um, yeah it's very different for me I wanted to get people from all around the world involved because I do have I'm very lucky to have a lot of friends from all over the world and I wanted different accents I wanted everyone's views on the situation and what we're going through and how it is in their countries um so yeah i just interviewed i think it was 14 people i asked them six questions you know are they still working what's it like in their country what about their families what can people do in the house to keep themselves busy and it was night that was a bit of a different one for me because um i had to edit it differently you know it wasn't just me jumping around my bathroom putting makeup on it was it was quite a serious one but I enjoyed every second of it. It was it was good fun. And you know, I don't get anything out of that. I don't make any money from that. I just, it's purely to help me and my editing skills and also to let everyone else communicate with the rest of the world. It is a beautiful project. Thank you. you did well on that one. <laughs> and is there any country you would like to perform in that you haven't performed in already? Mm, I think next, I'm feeling a bit of like Singapore... Japan oh. I know there's lots of theme parks out there I just go for theme parks because you know how much <laughs> I love them um so yeah I mean yeah I'm feeling a bit of Asia I don't know something like that something again completely different I've had the kind of European lifestyle I've had the Emirates lifestyle and now I think next I need a bit of I don't know a bit of something completely different again but that yeah definitely Singapore has always actually been a dream of mine also um, but recently Japan has has came into my head as well. We'll see where your journey takes you. Let's see. <laughs> and what's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey as a creative, do you think? Ooh, um, be nice to everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's so important that you carry yourself and you stay professional but you, you do, you know, create friendships and create relationships with people on your journey as a performer. Um, you know, we're all talented. We've all trained. We've all went to these prestigious dance schools. Whatever contract you go on, there's always someone better than you and there's always someone worse than you. It's life. It's, we're performers. We're used to that. I can do the splits on only my right leg and someone can do a backflip into the splits and the box splits at the same time. You know, it's like, there's always someone better. There's always someone that's not as strong. It's, it, we're all very different, but we've all gone through the same thing. So just be nice. That's all I say. It doesn't matter how, if, who's more talented or whatever else. Um, we're all sharing the same stage, you know? So it's important to be nice. It's important to, to make friendships. Like I could not have done that interview with the world video that I did if I hadn't just met all these beautiful people from around the world, you know? Um, we have this very special thing which is performing that's our thing and it's something that we can use to communicate with each other like I said I went to Dubai where there's all different nationalities and we all have trained the same way we all know how to hold ourselves we all have the same etiquette in the rehearsal room so it's a it's a special thing that we all have you know that that not many other kind of um, professions have they don't all have the same mindset whereas we do so just be a good person, be nice and be positive. That's another thing. If, if you're in a group and something hasn't gone right or a show is really bad and someone tripped over someone, it's no one's fault. We're all on the stage together. We're a team. And I think, it, yeah, it's just, it's important that we, we use our profession 
that unites us to stay united because I think sometimes it becomes a competition and sometimes it's a race and you know things like jealousy and that they're normal we all feel jealous and we all feel competitive and things like that but we're all getting paid the same wage and we're all sharing the same stage do you know what I mean so yeah that's the, the most important thing I've learned. It doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from. We have this beautiful thing that connects us all. So let's use it and let, let's, you know, live it to the full. Mm-hmm. What makes you unique as a performer? What is that unique quality that you maybe sometimes thought was not in your favor, but actually once you've accepted it, it got you further than you ever would have thought? Oh my goodness, that is a hard <laughs> question. Whoa. Um... Oh, that is a hard question. Again, I think it's just about being yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite, you know, you know me very well. I'm just witty and I just, I just like making a joke out of everything. I'm quite a positive person. I mean, I can be grumpy, but I'm <laughs> quite, all, all, all right. But, but all together, I say, I'm, I'm quite, I love a joke. I love a laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very serious person, you know, mm-hmm. and um. I do think your personality takes you a long way and I've learned that through auditioning as well. You know, you can do six pirouettes and, and but I still tell a funnier joke, you know, like <laughs> your personality yeah. take you take you quite a long way. And, um, you know, I had all these, I had all these crazy dreams when I was training because obviously I'm Scottish, white, freckly and ginger. And I was like, I'm going to stand out. I'm at, you know, I'm, I've got bright orange hair and um, the stereotypical Scottish girl. And I have not had one single job that even replicates that at all. It doesn't matter that I'm ginger, you know, and because generally speaking, if they're looking for a cast of five girls, they all want them to look kind of the same, <laughs> you know, yeah. same height. You know, we all go through it. It's a stress for everyone. You get to an audition, you're looking gorgeous, you dance your best, and they pick the five brunette girls that look nothing like you. Um, so I guess I thought my look was going to make me stand out, and it absolutely didn't. What's got me to where I am is just being able to connect with people who don't even speak my language, for example. Like the choreographer I met in that class that day, I couldn't connect with her. But, you know, we just had a laugh, and we were laughing because we were trying to use our hands to communicate and and I guess, I guess that's a trait that I never thought. I never thought, oh, I'm, I'm quite funny. I can tell a joke. I never thought that was going to get me a job, but it did. It, it made, you know, it, it caught people's attention without sounding boastful. It just, it didn't matter what I looked like, but people just liked my little personality and liked that I can communicate and I could be part of a cast of 30 Spanish people and I could still fit in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would... I would say my trait is just being myself and being a yeah. little bit goofy and making people laugh. <laughs> it's, I mean, I suffer quite a lot with anxiety and I, I do. When I'm in a little private space, I'm quite an anxious person. I, I go by a list, I go by a schedule. Mm-hmm. But um, that's my own little demons and that's something I deal with myself. And I would, I, you know, when I meet new people and I just, I just want to make other people laugh, even if I'm a bit stressed myself. Yeah. So, yeah, just be yourself. I think, I think that's, I mean, I don't know, it sounds so kind of stereotypical and, and normal to be yourself, but actually be yourself. Myself is what I show on my YouTube channel. You know, I don't sit down all professional and, and pretend and, you know, change the way I talk because I want to be professional. I am professional. My mannerisms, my work etiquette, I am a professional person. Just because I have a little joke sometimes doesn't mean I'm not professional, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
And do you have any last comments, any last advice that you want to give before we say goodbye? Oh, I don't want to say goodbye. I'm having too much I know. Fun. <laughs> I could chat to you for days. I'm like, yes. Um, my advice for performers, do you mean? Or for oh, general advice? you can do both if you want. Okay. My advice for performers is to not get stressed out about doing five pirouettes every day. You know? I, I know girls that train and train and train and train and they get so upset when they don't get the job. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I try and tell them that it's not because you can't do those five pirouettes that you didn't get that job. It's, it's a whole load. It's a, it's a different thing. You know, it's because you didn't have brown hair or it's because you're, you know, you're, you're two centimeters taller than the next girl. It's, um, don't beat yourself up about things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm very short. My hair's bright orange. I don't fit in with any sort of group, you know, but I've managed to work successfully and professionally. You know, obviously I had a year after I graduated, but since then I haven't stopped. And that's just through meeting people. It's just having a chat. Never be scared. If you see something online on Instagram, speak to them, have a chat with them. Everyone's human. No one's going to shut you down for having a conversation with people, you know? And I don't mean have a conversation. Hi, I'm a professional's answer and I'd like to work for your company. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean, ask people how they are. You know, what, what do they like to do? How does their company run? Things like that. Just be a normal chatty person. And if you're not chatty, I would say work on your conversational skills more than your pirouettes. That's what, that's my advice I would give. Obviously work on your pirouettes also, <laughs> but, but become a really outgoing and happy and bubbly person an approachable approachable is the word I want to use approachable people you know that you can have a conversation with is really attractive to some people and if you're if if you're quite open and people are able to have a conversation with you sometimes they don't care you know not that they don't care about your talent of course they care because you know they're running a show and they want it to be good but People who are approachable are easy to connect with and they're easier to make changes with, you mm-hmm. know? So for example, I'm not very flexible. My kicks aren't great, but I'm approachable. So my choreographer can come and talk to me and we can have a chat about how we can make things look a bit nicer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All, I think sometimes people think it's an expectation. You're just expected to do these things. But I think what's, what's better is to be able to have the communication skills, you know? My yeah. first contract as well, we had to do the sexy walk. I'm, you know, I'm a ballet dancer. I don't know how to do sexy walks. And my choreographer took, my choreographer, my Spanish choreographer, mm-hmm. took me into a room. She tied a belt around my waist with a broomstick across my back so I knew how to hold my back. And we practiced walking around a room. And that's not because I'm terrible at walking and it's not because I'd looked awful on stage it's because she knew she could work with me. She just wanted me to walk a bit more feminine and a bit sexier on the stage. So on our lunch break, she asked me to come in and we just, you know, she was speaking Spanish to me and I was doing my hand signals back to her, not really not understanding what was going on. But it's that level of communication. It's been able to work with someone mm-hmm. through talking and through, through working together rather than, oh, I, but I can already walk perfectly, so I don't need your help, you know? I would say my advice is have try and get good communication skills and be outgoing and bubbly and be able to talk to anyone. That's far more important than doing five pirouettes. 
Yeah, especially because our industry is so, so much work in progress. Like everything yes. changes day to day. So you have to be able to communicate Absolutely. with people and take on any advice and changes. Definitely. Um, a little bit of advice for people starting off YouTube videos as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say this because I am still a new YouTuber. I'm not, I've not got many subscribers and things like that yet. Um, but it, I just want to say, again, be yourself, obviously. But I think people worry a lot of, about the technology and the editing and things like that. Yeah. Um, you can literally upload a YouTube video using your iPhone. Your iPhone camera is just as good as any other camera. You don't need the camera and the lights and the tripod. Film yourself in front of a big window where the sunshine's coming through with your iPhone camera. You can use iMovie on your iPhone to edit it and put it together. Um, so I think people stress a lot. YouTube is hard, it is. But when you're starting out, don't worry about buying expensive equipment or anything like that. People will like your videos for you, not, not for how good your camera quality is. If you're keen to start, and this is the perfect time as well because well, we've got so much time on our hands. If you would like to start a YouTube, if, you've got, if you want to show your makeup skills or your cooking skills or you just want to be yourself and, and make people laugh, just put the selfie camera up on your iPhone and find some good lighting and um, use iMovie to crop it and sort it all out. And yeah, YouTube is a great thing. It's a great way to share your your talents and your advice and sometimes yeah just make people smile because that sometimes that's all people need if you really want to do it try it and also don't be nervous about what people think I was petrified I had uploaded about 10 videos before I'd even told anyone that I had a YouTube video I was petrified about what people thought I was petrified about people laughing at me and it turns out to be the complete opposite and I'm sure there's some people you know some people in my past that laugh at me and go what who does she think she is making these videos but I receive so many nice messages on a daily basis and I receive so many questions asking for help and advice that that mm -hmm. kind of overcomes all that negativity again we don't want negativity people we want happy positive people and if someone's going to laugh at you because you made a YouTube video they're not your friend that's what I say <laughs> so basically the message for today is be yourself and be authentic yes absolutely thrive off your own personality don't change for anyone but yeah thank you so much for coming on today it was so lovely to chat to you again and to no, catch up so nice thank and you so much for having me on here this is great fun i hope you've enjoyed this episode with hope artist avenue will be back next week with another exciting interview make sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us on instagram at artist avenue podcast lots of hugs keep smiling and see you soon